Well, we mix these families together, and that estate money flows the right direction. It'll come to us. So, Mikasi, that's how you are. I don't know what you said, but it must have been Indian for handsome devil. <laughs> Why did you come here? I work with my uncle. Are you scared of him? Oh, he's a, he's the nicest man in the world. The Osage, their time is over. We got to take back control of our home. I was sent down from Washington, D.C. to see about these murders. We have so many deaths, we've lost count. It's just bad luck. Seems more like an epidemic than bad luck to me. Osage is dying by the enemy. Do not let them die alone. Evil surrounds my heart. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another Schlock and Awe Quickie Review. As always, I'm Lindsay Wilkins. Now, I realize we are still in October, still in Halloween season, and I have been putting out way too much stuff, but Martin Scorsese has a new movie out, and that is something to celebrate regardless of what time of the year it is. You can go see his new movie in cinemas everywhere because it's Killers of the Flower Moon. Of course, it is released uh, by Apple and Paramount because no studio is going to spend solely $200 million on a quiet, well, not really quiet, contemplative, soulful drama about the human condition. So thank you, Paramount. Thank you, Apple. Of course, this is directed by Uncle Marty. This stars uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, bringing both of his muses together. You also have Jesse Plemons, Brendan Fraser, and a wild, um, wild scene that almost turns into a Michael Mann scene. John Lithgow, uh, Louis Cancelmini, who also popped up like Jesse Plemons in uh, The Irishman. But most of all, this movie stars Lily Gladstone, who steals this movie. So let's get into it. This is set in the very early 1920s, late 19-teens even. And we are on a Native American First Nations reservation where they have been told to go because they've been kicked off multiple points of their land and then they struck oil. And then all of a sudden, everyone wanted a piece. I guess the white man came in and wanting to be part of the family, so they started marrying into these families and then people started dying violently. This is based on an actual true story. Technically, it's based on the book by David Grun. Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, which I'd all recommend to read. It's actually really good true crime. A really good true crime book that sort of breaks down the case. Um, well, technically there were multiple cases. This isn't kind of struck to kind of one family. There was multiple things kind of happening and people trying to get different parts of the um, oil contract or step end or whatever they're calling it. And this actually happened. There was a woman called Molly Burkhart who was married to a man called Ernest. And through a very short spate of only a couple of years, a big chunk of her family died. Uh, whether they were actually murdered or whether they were dying of a quote-unquote wasting disease. This movie starts off with a funeral. It is a funeral of the ways of the Usage nation. 
they have finally have to accept they belong in the white that they are now in white man society so therefore they have to live by white man's rules it is kind of a it is no it's presented as a funeral cut to because this movie is of course uh edited by martin scorsese's uh probably i don't think he could make movies without her thama schoolmaker and this editing is just as usual on point if you haven't guessed by now i'm a huge mighty fan I don't criticize this movie very often. He's always a five-star director for me. Um, I love Thelma. Uh, Cut to oil being discovered. Cut to even when the Native Americans, First Nations peoples, the Osage, Osage, sorry, living by the white man rules, they can't because they are still not going to be considered white. And that is the crux of the of the movie. Cut to uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, who's playing Ernest, wooming and absolutely falling in love with Lily Gladstone. And how complicit or not complicit or deciding to be complicit he is in, in these murders that is happening all around her. Look, for me, Lily is the soul of this movie. I am not looking forward to the think pieces that sort of said she's not in the movie enough. And to be fair, there's a big chunk when she's not in it and you miss her. You want to know where she is. You, you want her to come back because every single time she's on screen, she just fills it completely. But it is still her story. And De Niro's character, uh, William Hale, does, when he's giving advice to his nephew, played by Leo, is that you got to want to fill the air with talk because the Osage, they don't talk that much. They don't need to. And because they already kind of know what's happening. And that's what Lily does. She is, this is a three and a half hour movie. And you are not going to go to the bathroom because Lily will judge you and it will hurt. Yeah, she is kind of, she is a woman filled with so much grief that she doesn't know how to communicate it. And she does not trust anyone around her, including her husband, but she's still in love with her husband. It's actually the relationship between her her and her husband, uh, Ernest, um, I think is one of the most fascinating points of, of the movie. Well, that and (laughs) Robert spoilers, because he is playing the guy kind of behind it all. It's kind of, it's kind of a weird movie. You can't really spoil because, this actually happened. It's history. Can you spoil it? You can't really spoil history. But every time there's a murder, he gets more and more outraged about it or quote unquote outraged. And I just, it became the funniest thing to me because he's the most evil, playing the most, one of the most evil men just within, <laughs> within a, the movie screen is just the worst. But it's their relationship between Ernest and Molly that is the most fascinating because the movie's not letting him off the hook, Ernest. But the movie's very... Reading the book, I never got quite the sense. I think the movie's leaning on this because it's more narratively interesting. He loves his wife. He loves the life that he has with her. He deep he learned her language. He's a part of her community. He's a part of her life. He wants to protect her. And whether... Ernest is too stupid, too naive, just doesn't want to see it. And Molly's not stupid, but she kind of knows she can't trust him. But at the same time, she loves him. 
It's a really interesting dynamic the two are playing, and I really, really like it. Have we seen Leo do performances kind of like this before? Yes. Um, so that is nothing new. Lily Gladstone is amazing. If you've never seen Certain Woman by Kelly Reichardt, go out and watch it. I mean, the Certain Woman is kind of an anthology of three stories of three separate women living in Montana. Lily Gladstone plays a woman who falls in love with Kristen Stewart. Not a hard thing to do. Seriously, there's a moment where she's just watching Kristen Stewart eat and you're just look, looking at both of them going, these are two incredible women on screen and I kind of want them to kiss, even though that's not the kind of not going to happen, which kind of sucks. But going back to this this movie, just like every other... The reason why I love Scorsese as much and I, he's kind of the one director where I will fall fall for the online bullshit oh you shouldn't make long movies even though these are the same people who applauded Oppenheimer and loved Endgame which by the course really you're gonna ask a 75 year 76 year old man who's now 80 does he like Marvel movies and people just cannot let the fact that he doesn't like them really have you seen a Mark Scorsese movie do you really think he's gonna like a, a friggin a comic book movie no they're two completely different things stop asking Ridley Scott and stop asking any kind of older classical director you're not going to get the answer you want because it's just not the stuff that they can assume that they uphold and it's fine it's really really fine and when you're saying people shouldn't make three and a half hour movies you say Scorsese shouldn't make a three and a half hour movie and I loved the length I felt I always feel the length when I'm watching a Scorsese movie, but I never mind. They're always such filled work worlds. You can kind of see things happening on the edges, these other lives that are walking in and out. This um applies to some of the characters who are murdered. These are just um characters who are off doing other things, um, different jobs. It's like these little kind of moments that you're just sprinkling over, especially when Jemmy Plemons and of course. Pat Healy, um, oh, also, by the way, uh, Larry Fessenden shows up. So if you've got Pat Healy and Larry Fessenden, Scorsese knows what's up. Uh, with Pat Healy showing up as FBI agents, but they weren't the FBI at that stage. They were something else. I can't remember the name, but this was when J. Edgar Hoover saw an opportunity to try and get some power and to build his organization up, saw these murders were happening. It wasn't like, hey, this is something that's really wrong. He's like, no, how this can, can benefit me, which is how he thought of everything. Um, he was really not concerned what was happening. And that is another thing. Why these things weren't being investigated properly is because they were Native American. Also, more importantly, the fact that they had money, they were still treated like children. There are two scenes where Molly is asking for money. One, it is just making sure she gets the, the family gets their monthly stipend. And another one is when she wants to go on a trip to Washington to please ask people to investigate what the hell is happening in their, t in their reservation or to try and find the people responsible because she knows what's who it is and what's going on. It's just, she can't do anything about it. And the person, but she has to still go to someone to get the money. And he's questioning every single thing. It's like, Oh, you shouldn't be using it for that. Is that really too much? It's like, no, it's their money. They can do whatever stupid thing that they want with it. You do not ask it men who 
other oil barons, how they're using their money. And if you are not directly on the contract, you have to get a bring a person who is. It's all very skeezy and kind of just shows the attitude, how people saw Native Americans. Um, and also actually really fascinating. I'll get into uh, the technical, I like you, the, the cinematographer and Thelma and all that. But there's a way that Martin Scorsese really blends in the racism and how natural it is to uh, America and how it's kind of woven. And not just America, Australia just had a vote that they said no to, which they probably should have said yes to. But uh, don't get me started. Anyway, there's a way that it's woven in that shows how deeply well woven into the fabric it is. This is... As I mentioned before, Molly Burkhardt, even though it is her money, it is her family's money, technically she is the heir to everything, she still has to go ask for it. Also, news footage of the Tulsa Massacre in 1921, Tulsa, Oklahoma Massacre, which the Osage Reservation or Osage Country is very, it's kind of, well, I don't know, it's kind of like when you say close in Australia. It's in the same vague area. And how the news footage said race riot, which was, it's not a riot. It was, let's be honest, it was a massacre. Or how there is a town parade. And this is a a, a place where Native American and Caucasian live in the same community, just interacting all the time. And the float before has whoever's winning the, the beauty contest thing, you know, whatever, the pumpkin queen or whatever it is, and there's a collection of mixed skin. Is that even the term I should be using? Um, there's white woman and Native American woman. And marching right behind it is the Ku Klux Klan. And it just is following Ernest as he's crossing the street. The camera's just, as Mark Scorsese likes to do, just kind of weave the camera in and out. And he says hi to the Grand High Wizard because they know each other. And it's it's kind of showing how they would use language and how everything was kind of okay. And you, how language was used to put other people down where other rising people up, or it was just so ingrained within the community. You had beautiful woman of native American descent being followed by a march of the Ku Klux Klan and to call what happened in Tulsa a race riot. It's or even the fact that it kind of acknowledges this is a true crime. We're not really fascinated because of the implications for the society we live in. We are more interested in it because it's salacious. Murder happened. And it's kind of really kind of focusing. Again, Martin Scorsese always has very, I always like to call them so stupid they can only do crime. But they are these kind of characters who uh, he's really kind of looking at this very specific toxic masculinity. He's really looking at these men who feel they should be in charge even when they do not have the intelligence or the skills or the work ethic to be in charge. I mean, Wolf of Wall Street is a perfect example of this. Goodfellas, Main Streets, all these, uh, well, Main Streets is more about men just being reckless. I need to watch that movie again. It is just i mean this movie's so good guys seriously it's seriously funny when it shouldn't be um 
Thelma is one of the best editors ever. I think if you're just looking at just terms of great editors of history, she's like has to be in the top two. Uh, maybe that and the woman who uh, edited uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Yes, Preston. I kind of like the editing in that movie. Uh, cinematography is done by Rodrigo uh, Prieto, who it, this movie looks very different from like a Robbie Richardson. This is very contrasting with the light and the dark. I mean, there's a few scenes that look like that come out of a Rembrandt painting, like The Watchmen. Very stark black with these kind of just people just hanging out in the background. Always when you're with like the very wealthy white people who very much realize what they are doing and very okay with just murdering people because, hey, their time has come. They are sickly. They are children. Every other racist term you can think of. They do not deserve this land or this money, even though they were just kind of happily living there and then kind of just got told, no, you can't anymore. It's kind of really looking at that injustice while kind of making you, showing you up as the as the voyeur of kind of reveling in the nastiness of it. And it is super funny. These these people are very stupid. And the only reason they could get away with this crime is because of racism and the fact that no one cared about the victims. Because these people are stupid. Um, which kind of made it funnier to me. I mean, there's a few scenes with Leo and De Niro where they're arguing and because some stupid thing has happened. Well, actually, someone's been murdered, but they did it the wrong way. And how everything comes together. The ending I loved. I can see a lot of people not liking it because it's very abrupt. And it's, well, actually, no, not, let's call the the actual ending the epilogue. The actual ending bet between the characters is very abrupt, but so satisfying. Again, Lily just plays it perfectly. She is so good. I am so hoping she gets her flowers this award season. I just want people to throw statues at her, not at the head, because that would hurt, but just keep throwing awards at her because she is so good. She's the heart and soul of this movie. I think this review is very rambly, uh, but go see it. Yes, it's three and a half hours. Just go to the bathroom beforehand. Look, I work at retail. I'm used to holding on, so I don't necessarily see it as a big deal. But it is worth it. Just the way this thing is constructed, paced, the way it looks. I'm, I'm overemphasizing how good it is. I'm probably overselling it because it is a very quiet movie. This isn't like Goodfellas or Casino, which now is beloved. It is much more quiet and contemplative. Uh, like, The Irishman is kind of that with those bursts of energy. You don't get that with this exact movie. It's kind of like si Silence, which I still think is a modern masterpiece. So <laughs> you can tell where I am with Scorsese. I've only seen one Scorsese I didn't like, New York, New York, and I've been told I am wrong and need to rewatch it. And I will, because November is going to be the month of Scorsese, and I'm just going to, like, watch all my um, blind spots, like Passion of the Christ, and I've got to rewatch. I mean, straight because I haven't seen that in years and Age of Innocence and King of Comedy, which I, which I actually, I'm just going to watch King of Comedy anyway, because King of Comedy rules. But no, this movie is amazing. This is my Oppenheimer for the year. Um, I'd actually like to point out that uh, Rodrigo Preto also uh, shot Barbie. So he's having a hell of a year because <laughs> I love the look of Barbie. Like uh, compared to the 
musical set gorgeousness of uh, Barbie world to the kind of more um, naturally lit real world. I'm just like, yeah, bring it, please. But no, everything is good about this movie. I love it to death. I love all the performances. Jesse Plemons is so great. I was so happy to see Pat Healy show up. Even happier to see Larry Fessenden um, in a small, very small part. It's it's magical. It is not many people make movies like Scorsese. His worst movie is still better than most of the movies that have ever been made. And this man who just grew up on a New York corner with his mother, dear Catherine. Uh, sorry, my favorite one of my favorite scenes ever was Goodfellas with her showing the painting. It's just, it's amazing. Um, no, this, I mean, guys, just go see it, please. Go see it. Yes, I know everyone's complaining about the length, but you know what? Go learn something. Go learn something about history. It's actually really close to the book. Like, I don't, from memory, there he doesn't, like, comp and um, mix characters or anything like that. Everything, because there are so many actors in this movie. Yeah, go learn something about something that doesn't get talked about enough. Go see the movie, then go read the book, then go read more. It's really great, guys. Uh, yeah, I should stop because I've been rambling for way too long. Um, by the way, this movie's great. Uh, yeah, uh, follow Shokunor on Shokunor 1 at, or Reading Geek on all the socials and rate and review if you want. Um, I'm... The next episode, uh, Dirk Marshall's coming on to talk about some wolf exploitation, which is going to be amazing. Um, I've already got a few things planned for November. Even better, I'm going to go and watch a Saw movie because apparently I like those now. So anyway, we'll be back with another quickie review. All right, thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs>